welcome back in to the Hitters Only podcast. Really excited today for uh, Mr. Jeff Pates coming in here, also known as Jeff Rowe, also known as the owner and operator of Pates Bushhogging and Tractor Service, located in Las Casas, Tennessee. You can reach him by his telephone at 615-962-5859, and he will take care of any of your bush hogging needs. Uh, he'll do anything, big or small. He delegates jobs to other people that he knows. He's also in the bush hog mafia, and he does a good job, and he's well-known for his bush hogging work in the, uh, in the Las Casas and the Middle Tennessee area. So for any of your bush hogging needs, hit up Pate's Bush Hogging and Tractor Service. And uh, I just want to say thank you for Jeff for coming on and uh, talking talking and cutting up about NASCAR, hunting, and uh, the old way of life. Uh, he also happens to be my father-in-law, and uh, which I'm very blessed to have him. And I'm, thank, I'm thankful that he came in here today and did a great podcast with me. I really enjoyed it. Drank some ice cold beer, had a good conversation and uh, he'll be back in again. So that was a short conversation. We have conversations like that uh, all the time, sitting in his garage or wherever, back of a tailgate. It don't matter. So we like to cut up, chew the fat, and have a good time. Hope everybody else enjoys it. And uh, without further ado, here is Mr. Jeff Pate. You've probably done this a bunch of a bunch of interviews, hadn't you? Come again? Huh? What? I should have just taken the... The whole setup down to Smokey's this morning and had a round table podcast with everybody down there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, anyways, who you got for, uh, who you got for Daytona? Well, my man, Mr. Bush. Mr. Bush. He's a Rick Hendrick driver. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, I'm a, no, he's a RZR driver. What am I thinking? He's a Richard Childers. I'm a Richard Childers man. Yeah. So, let's see. What car is you talking about? Kyle Busch. Yeah, Kyle Busch. What What number is he in? Number right eight. Now? Number eight. Yep. Yep. I'm not used to that. Well, it took me a little bit to get used to it. <clears throat> what was he in before? Number eighteen Toyota. Number eighteen Toyota. Eminem car. Yep. Eminems. F- now nowadays they got so many sponsors you can't hardly keep up with them. Yeah, you know, I forget. It it's kinda, crazy. Kind of trips me up when, like Dale Jr. will always, for a lot of people, he'll always be the Budweiser number eight, and it's kind of it's kind of weird. Kyle Larson changed numbers. Um, who else did uh, did Harvick change numbers, or was he the same all the way through uh, number four? Well, he didn't go to the four car until he went racing for uh, Stewart Haas mm-hmm. racing. He was in the 29 when he took over Dale's car. Yeah. That Richard Childress. Yeah. Pick that thing up a little bit. You can move it around. There you go. Boom. There you go. <laughs> well, how do you feel about the state of NASCAR these days? How do you think it's doing? Uh, it's going downhill. Going downhill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from what it was back when, when I started watching, I uh, went to my first race in somewhere – uh, somewhere 80, 81, uh, Where at? went to Talladega okay. and, uh, uh, that's how I got kind of hooked into NASCAR and about, 
80, I don't know, 82, somewhere thereabouts, 83 is, is when I started, uh, started wearing these number three hats. Mm-hmm. And I have not wore another hat different than a number three since. Ooh, holy moly. Yes. And you've gone, you've gone specifically camo. I'm sure you used to wear some different ones. Uh, yeah, I used to wear, I used to wear, uh, you know, uh, some different hats, but they had uh, they had the three on them, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so when y'all went, so you went to Talladega in eighty. You said eighty somewhere in somewhere in eighty eighty one somewhere in that ballpark. I can't remember exactly, but so was NASCAR. Were they running on TV then? NASCAR's first TV race was in nineteen seventy nine, the Daytona five hundred. Wow, I didn't know that. Yes, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that's right, and. The eastern part of the country had a major no, uh, snowstorm oh. that weekend, and they televised the race on Sunday, and everybody in the northeast part of the country was, they were snowed in. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really helped NASCAR, yeah. you know. Uh, but I believe that's right. I believe their first their first televised race was in, was in 79. Dang. So before that, were you just listening to it on the radio? Oh, uh, we listened to it some. I mean, wasn't real big in NASCAR, you know. We was, you know, just running wild and and still they were at they were going to Nashville then too, right? Yes. So yes, it was a little bit more of a local thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. You know, of course, that's where the Waltrips got their start. Was was uh, Nashville? Earnhardt come to Nashville. All the major guys they came to Nashville and raced. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, <clears throat> that's interesting. So they made a really big jump in popularity-wise. You could say, let's see, seventy-nine. You could basically say in twenty years from then, from the first televised race, it was booming. Oh yeah, because through yeah. the what we'll say through the nineties, uh, late nineties. 1990 let's say 1990 to probably 2001 2005 something like that was probably nascar's heyday would you agree i would say so yeah um and i would probably say nascar really really took off probably mid 80s you know everything yeah. you know the races were getting televised you know mm-hmm. people were, were learning about nascar people sitting there watching it you know um up until the date that you said you know, and um, I don't know, man. I just feel in the last ten years, especially the last ten years, I, I think it's going downhill. You know, myself. I think a lot of like uh, lifelong loyal fans are getting older. Uh, a lot of people your age are were big NASCAR fans back in the day. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, I'm not calling you an old man or anything, but uh, a lot of people your age are not going to races anymore. That's true. And that happens in any sport. Yeah. You know. Well, I just think that they've lost a little bit of the wildness of NASCAR. I think the drivers are a little different. <clears throat> um, the I think the structure of NASCAR has changed. I think they've especially messed up in the last four years. They've kind of tried to get – I feel like they were kind of trying to get away from their from their crowd a little bit, trying to get liberal or woke or whatever you want to call it a little bit, and that didn't help their cause any. Uh, and 
So I don't know. I feel like NASCAR, I've been saying this because if you look at the attendance at the races, because you're always talking when you watch the races, like, look, there ain't nobody in the grandstands. And do you feel like NASCAR eventually is going to turn into just like an event thing where they only run three, four times a year and it's just at the big, well-known tracks and it's more of an event and just a party type I'm thing? Not sure about, I'm not sure about that. Uh, <clears throat> you know, they – I mean, obviously you can look at stands and, uh, <clears throat> you know, the fans are not there, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, not compared to what they used to be. You know, I mean, racetracks used to be packed. I mean, they were full. Uh, so I really don't know where they're going. I don't know if they'll split, have two divisions. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just I just know that, uh, uh, you know, they're not putting they're not putting asses in the damn seats. Yeah. You know, and uh, I don't know. Uh, Do you think a lot of it's because they compete with football for a large portion of the year? No, I just believe it's the younger generation coming up these days are not into motorsports. Yeah. Uh, that's what I think. And it's and it's 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 kind of all motorsports. Motor <coughs> Excuse me, but you look at drag racing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, drag racing has, you know, they, they have a lot of fans, but when you go to big drag strips, they don't have the seating hmm. that NASCAR has, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I believe I believe more people are into dragging because kind of, you know, silly, but the need for speed kind of, yeah. you know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Something about it. I, drag racing just didn't really i mean it's cool for a minute but it's it's just kind of a start and start and stop kind of thing i don't really i don't know it's like there's not enough to watch there's not enough action to watch in a drag race but uh, uh no i'm not a big drag drag fan i mean i can watch it but i never have been mm-hmm. uh but you know nascar is, is trying to reach out and grab so many so many different drivers like you know, and there's nothing wrong with all this, you know, but uh, they, they're they bringing <clears throat> Mexican drivers into the circuit, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and they're even talking, well, matter of fact, they even have races that's just for Mexican drivers. Oh, really? Yeah, you know. Hmm. Uh, they're trying They're trying to get new fan base. Yeah. And that's why, because their, their old fan base, like the older people, and, mm-hmm. and I'm in that category, they're dying – or you know they're they're they've lost interest in it because they've kind of got away from their roots, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I think it's what one thing kind of hurt NASCAR is when they started getting away from a lot of the short tracks and started going to mile and a half tracks really? to go to Chicago and Kansas City and out to Texas and yeah. and out to California on these mile and a half tracks. They're boring. They're boring racetracks. Yeah, you know. To me, they are. They're they're not they're not racing. They're not up there, kind of you know banging each other. You know, racing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, tomorrow's race will probably be a boring race. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, until they have the big one. Until they have know. wrecks. <laughs> so, but, you know, until they start I, wrecking. I think I think they need to get back to open their their a lot of their smaller tracks. Yeah. You know. Uh, but well, they wanted to come back to Nashville, or a lot of the guys did. Um, the, not not over here in 
downtown Nashville. Yeah, the yeah. fairgrounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people wanted to go back there, which I don't think that uh, – I think NASCAR proposed to the city of Nashville that they would redo the stadium, add more seating, and basically revamp the whole thing and pay for it. But they had already signed a deal with the uh, soccer team junk. So that all kind of fell to the wayside, which I think was a big mistake by Nashville. That would have been a major event in downtown Nashville. And they might have to start putting tracks in more locations that are, uh, you know, people want to be, you know. Well, I don't know. You know, they built a track out here, uh, and it's just a little over a mile track. To me, it's born. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a it's it's to watch them run is is born. The I've been to that track. I've seen I've seen all of them run over there. As far as the series, the truck series is the best. If you want to go watch tracing, the trucks are the ones to go over and watch. Really? Didn't you um, see Kyle Busch run over there? Yeah, in the truck series. Yeah. Did he smash yeah. a guitar? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. Can you bring uh, your own beer in over there? You, 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 I think you used to could. I'm not sure. I, I doubt you can bring beer in anywhere now. I don't know. Yeah. You know. I've never been over uh, there. I haven't been. I haven't been over in a long time. Uh, it's easier to sit in your driveway. It is, and fight the crowds. You know. <laughs> I mean, and that's part of getting old, I guess. You know. Well, it ain't just <laughs> you. I'd rather go over to your house and but, sit out in the driveway and socialize and watch the race but, than to, you know. Uh, We've watched them all race over, and I, I think the trucks were the very, mm-hmm. the the ones you know even the, even the the indie cars came and run over, you know, and mm-hmm. and we watched them. Me and me and Don went one year, uh, and we I mean it was cool to go. We had you know get back back in the pits and whatnot, walk around, got to see all these people, you know. Of course, cool. they were indie people. We didn't know who them yeah. they were, you know, but yeah. we was back there. Which is a cool experience, mm-hmm. you know. But well, circling back around, um, I know you're kind of known for being an old school diehard Dale Earnhardt fan. But what originally uh, kind of captivated you about him and his driving style? Like, what kind of made you uh, full on Dale Earnhardt loyal back in the day? Well, I reckon you know Dale was. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think it had a kind of a combination. He was just like one of the one of the guys he farmed. You mm. know, he had a big farm. He get out farmed, you know. And Dale was just one of them type of people that if you was in front of him, he was going to move you to take that spot. Mm. There wasn't no if and or buts about it, you know. And I liked that. I liked that driving style back then. You know, you could beat and bang on people. Nowadays, if you beat and bang on these guys, man, they whine and cry oh, and gosh. carry on about it. You know, it's just gotten ridiculous. And that's that's kind of why I like Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch used to. He's not as bad as he was, but he was the same way. You know, he would uh, he'd move you out of the way, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it just seems like now – if anybody gets rubbed a little bit, man, even non-intentionally, it seems like they get really mad. It's crazy, you know. Uh, uh, I mean. I just don't see how they – if you're racing to win, I don't – especially if it's getting down to the nitty-gritty, like last lap or last couple laps, if somebody hits your 
back right or something. I mean, it is what it is. That's the way I see it. But um, I know I don't know. Kalen gets fired up when people get wrecked. Sometimes I think it's just if it's the, if it's a person she likes. But well, we all do. You know, I mean, there were there were people that that you know they wrecked Earnhardt. And hell, man, we'd get we'd get up cussing and carrying on. And, <laughs> you know, I know him and Jeff Gordon had some battles back in the day. Well, him and him and Jeff Bodine uh back in the 80s they they really they really uh knock fenders and that's where the the movie days of thunder originated that's where it come from mm-hmm. was from them two drivers they i mean they was constantly beating and banging on each other you know blah blah, blah. yeah and nascar they had to set them down yeah you know mm-hmm. and have a talk with them you know yeah what do you uh Man, he's just such a captivating guy, and, and you know he's passed on now, as everybody knows. But it's almost like the memory of him is still like so alive with so many people. And watching that documentary about him, and just the way everybody talked about him, because I mean, I'm sure not everybody was a fan because he was an aggressive driver. You know, I'm sure a lot of people didn't like him, um, but I think he had just a way of getting to people because uh even jeff gordon said you know man he wrecked me i'd freaking be pissed about it i couldn't and then the next week for the race he he'd just pop out of nowhere and throw his arm around me and smile and go hey man we're all right man you know well that's you know i've i've <laughs> he I've said i could a, never be mad at him i've read an awful lot and that's how dale was you know but dale uh dale made these guys a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, he created chase authentics Mm-hmm. And that's where the selling of hats and T-shirts and cars came from. Mm-hmm. And that's how these guys made all this big money. Mm-hmm. And Dale's the one that created created that, and I guess him and his team probably, uh, that, he, that he got hooked up with. But that's where that all originated. Before that, there wasn't nobody selling T-shirts and hats and so stuff. So he was basically you know. the starter of the merchandise <clears throat> yes. aspect yes. of NASCAR, which is huge now. Huge. It's massive. Well, it's not as big today as it was at one time. Well, yeah, but you know. still, there's uh, – I mean, go to any race. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's there, Staley. Mm. But, man, used to – used to when – you know, we've been to Bristol. Yeah. Used to when you went to Bristol up yonder, man, that place was circled – in trucks and trailers, people selling their merchandise. When we used to go up there, how many would be up there? A dozen, maybe? Uh, I mean, yeah, you just... I mean... There's a couple on each side of yeah, the track. Yeah, you know, it wasn't many, yeah. you know. So, uh, but yeah. And that, and I, I kind of think Dale, you know, Dale was making... These people were making this big money. And like you said, you know, he'd, he'd hit Dale... Uh, he'd hit uh, Gordon and then next week come up and give him a big hug you know <laughs> so and then gordon's like well you can't be mad at the man you know yeah well, you know well so. gordon's uh in that documentary he said he goes dale he said he told me one time he said he said jeff he said hell man we'll beat and bang and fight on sundays and he said we'll count the money on monday there you go you know <laughs> there you go so well uh, what it, you know it it's uh i don't know if it's fair to talk about uh, you know what ifs because he's gone but sometimes I do wonder like if he was still alive today what he would think about uh, 
the current state of NASCAR or if he'd be involved in it or or what he would be doing. Because I almost think I don't know how involved he'd be, you know. Well, we had this conversation with a, with somebody yesterday, and they, they said, man, you think if Dale was still here, he'd still be racing? <clears throat> I think he would race, but I don't believe he'd be racing in, in Cup Series. I think he would probably race something, you know. Uh, that's just – you know, that's just what I, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. But he would definitely be in NASCAR, and I would probably say that NASCAR um, might not be in some of the shape it's in today. Yeah. You know, I mean, going to the new-gen car that they've went to, which, in my opinion, I think is a big piece of crap, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they've gone to the one lug nut deal. What's that doing? It's doing nothing, you know. You got tires that come off, and they and they they find these people. They pull them in and find them, and whatnot for a tire that comes off. And they they preach safety, safety, safety. But yet, when you watch the the Indy cars run, you don't never see a tire come off on them cars. Mm. They're one nut. You never see a tire come off them cars. But in NASCAR, man, it happens all the time. I don't get it, you know. But Didn't they go to that though because people were only putting two lug nuts on and then running to be well, quicker? Well, they they wasn't so much, uh, you know. You may leave a lug nut off, you know, but still, their number one concern should be safety. Yeah, you know. Bottom line, it don't matter. Bottom line, and with the tires coming off the way they do, in my aspect, that's not a. That's not good as far as being a safety. Yeah. You know, that tire comes off and bounces and goes up in the stand. You know, you don't want to be there, you know, but. I just uh, don't see how they got away from the four lug. I mean, that's classic. Five. Five. Five five lugs. I just don't see how they got away from that. Um, I don't either. You know, I mean, they, they say it was. You know, people would come back in. They'd have a lug missing, or their lug nuts wouldn't be tied. Well, or they whatnot, just need to make. You know? They should have just made a rule that you got to have all five on, and if you and if you don't get all five on, you got to take a lap and come back to the pits. But you know, I I don't know. I'm not. You know. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I got out of NASCAR for a long time, and and uh, Kaylin kind of. Well, she did. She, Kaylin got me back into into NASCAR. I I got out of it for several years. Yeah. I I wasn't I didn't jump on the Dale Junior bandwagon, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I just I got out of it. I quit <laughs> I quit watching it. You know, quit. Yeah. You know, and she she's drugged me back in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I'm not in it like I used to be, but I still, you know, I still like to watch watch races and like I said, you know, hell I have fun. People come over or go somewhere and we hang out, watch a race. Yeah. Hell, I don't no more watch a race than I am sitting out here, yeah. you know, chewing the fat with everybody else, drinking some cold beers and enjoying, Yeah. you know, so. Yeah, I think that's a lot of the reason I like enjoy it. And, you know, once you get into it a little bit and you learn some of the drivers and the personalities and stuff, it does get kind of fun to get into. But I don't know, man. It's a uh, – Seems like you've been getting into a little bit of football, though. I think I may have turned the tide just a smidge. No, I don't think so. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. You uh, watch it a little bit. I wa- I did. I wa- I watched uh, you know the uh, the playoffs just yeah. to see who was going to be you know yeah. blah blah blah, and uh, and 
I did enjoy watching it. I don't understand all the aspects of it. Mm-hmm. I've never been a football person, you know. Like they sometimes they, they put the ball on this side of the field or they put it on this side of the field. <laughs> Won't you put it right down the damn middle of the field? Okay, that's what I, I don't understand that, you know. <laughs> but uh, well, there's a lot of junk I don't understand with NASCAR either. So uh, goes, yeah, I mean, we you know, we've all got our, you know, what we like to do and yeah and uh it goes both uh, you ways. ever you ever you ever come in and watch me sitting there watching figure skating then you know something's you seriously be, wrong with me be you worried know? yeah take me to the hospital book an or, appointment mm-hmm. you know <laughs> <laughs> well uh, one of the uh one of the things i kind of want to talk to you about a little bit was um growing up in uh, uh murfreesboro in a different time i know the town has changed a lot it's a different place than what it used to be even when i was a kid um so were you born down here in the murphy the old murfreesboro hospital it's not i was okay yes yeah and uh what what area of middle tennessee did you grow up in what side of town well we grew up um just right off greenland drive uh on harrison avenue okay um which is one street back over from leaf Mm-hmm. back towards MTSU uh, uh, moved away from there when I was six years old moved over on Eventide uh, so you lived on Eventide from six years old to yes a long we time. moved in there in July of 66 I believe it was and uh, that's where that's where my folks uh, that's where my folks lived for the rest of their their days mm-hmm. and you know I'm not to pick on Braybender but uh you know, he talks about being the, what was it, the Eventide gang or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. Man, we've done that shit well before <laughs> he ever thought about it, you know. But, uh, oh, yeah. Not to pick on him or nothing. Oh, know, no, go know. ahead. I, I think it. I think the world of Matt, don't get me wrong, but uh, we done been there and done it and done moved. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wish we'd been around mm-hmm. back when they were, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was uh, – you know, it was uh, uh, me and and uh, uh, Gary Gannon and Steve Markham. We all lived right there in a triangle right there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we rode bicycles uh, back in the day. Man, you get on your bicycle in the morning and uh, take off as long as you're back before the sun come down. Mm-hmm. But nobody, you, yeah. you know, didn't care where you went. And you could ride a bicycle from one side of town to the other. Not worry about getting run over, you know, but mm. not today. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That, uh, they're probably, Memorial probably wasn't much because, um, especially if you go out uh, and go down towards uh, where 2J's is or VA Hospital, there wasn't much out Mm-mm. that way. There wasn't nothing there. Even when I was in high school, there wasn't a whole lot out Mm-mm. there. Um, um when you when you passed uh, Milton C. Christian School, you was getting in the country. And when you passed the airport out there, you was in the country. Really? Because uh, me and my dad and my mom, we used to go out to Walter Hill and fish uh, all the time. Man, we, we went out there, and they didn't tell how many days I went to Walter Hill and fished. Uh, Do you ever remember the landfill being there? It was before the landfill oh, come in. Oh, wow. Uh, and then the landfill did come in. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, 
Yeah, we fished that. My dad fished. He was a big fisherman and fished. Center Hill. He fished me to death. Yeah. You know. Uh, but then, see, we, we fished the Stones River. Uh, we used to go fish it either from the bank or put the boat in, and we fished Stones River. And we would always, uh, sometimes when we wasn't fishing, we'd ride around Percy Priest Lake. He wanted to see how they was coming you know, bulldozing everything down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, boy, it just made his day when they flooded that and, and made that into Percy Priest Lake. He yeah. Had a, I mean, buddy, he was just like a kid <laughs> in a candy store, you know. <laughs> hey, I got a place to fish, you know. Yeah. But, uh, huh. yeah, yeah. Wow. So, I didn't know. Okay. I didn't know. I don't know when they flooded all that. I can't remember. I can't remember years. But that's been, I guess, recent. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, I didn't. Oh Lord, when did they flood that lake? Uh, I've read all about all that, and I'm, I remember when they flooded it. But oh, so so you were a kid when they flooded mm, it? Oh, yeah. okay, I didn't know yeah. that. That's I'm, a pretty recent lake, then. I want to think. I want to think it's late sixties, early seventy. Mm-hmm. I think, but don't hold me to it. But yeah, it was somewhere in that era. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when they uh, when they flooded that Nissan wasn't there, it didn't exist. I'm getting a beer. You want a beer? Uh, please, sir. That'd be that'd be just fine. Well, uh, Thanks, sir, I don't even. It's hard to. You kind of lose memories of what things used to look like around here, because. You know, there's so much development and their apartments and restaurants and everything pops up everywhere. It's almost hard to remember what things used to look like. But Oh, it's crazy, you know. Um, I bet Las Casas, back in the day, I bet it used to feel like it took forever to get out here. It did, because uh, I remember the old road when you had to get on uh, over there at uh, Greenland Drive. Where old Lash Cassis comes into Greenland, okay. right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where you. That's where you got on. Uh, okay. Ninety six Highway. That was the old road to come out. That's that's where you went to get on to come to Lash Cassis. And see, the old road used to whoop around where Piercy's is. Mm-hmm. You know that that was how you come through Lash Cassis and oh, then coming wow. through Milton down here. You you came through downtown Milton, and I remember the store where the gathering is now. That was a store right there. And uh, we, st- we would stop in that store going to Center Hill Lake uh, all the time. Really? Uh, and, and, I mean, it was just a two-lane road. I mean, all the way to my mom and dad always went to Cove Hollow. And from where you turned off of 70 up there almost top of the hill to go to Cove Hollow, I thought it you never would get to that lake. I mean, it there, felt like know. it took oh, forever. God Almighty. Yeah. Know. Shit. You come around two or three curves and you could see it way down yonder, you know. Yeah. And you're like, man, we'll be down there in a minute. <laughs> nah, there wasn't no minute to it. Mm-mm. Yeah. You know? What were they pulling a the boat with back then? I can't remember what Daddy had station back then. Wagon. No, he never. They never did have a station wagon, but. Um, I'm trying to think. Daddy, I know at one time he had a brown Plymouth, like a Plymouth Fury 3 mm. or something. Or, yeah. You know, uh, hmm. Daddy was kind of a Pontiac guy. He had he had two or three Pontiacs and Volkswagens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mama always <clears throat> drove Volkswagen. That's what I learned to drive was a Volkswagen. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it took for 
ever <laughs> to go to the lake and then load up and come back home. But my folks went to the lake just about every Saturday and Sunday, That's weather awesome. permitting. You know, they wouldn't watch the news. They would stick their heads. They would stick their heads outside and they'd look around at the clouds and yeah, they'd say. All right, load up. We're going to the lake. You know, <laughs> good enough. <laughs> he you was know. probably more accurate than what they do now. Well, I'm sure he probably was. I mean, <laughs> you know, these these wahoos now they they can't tell you what it's going to do. You know, this afternoon much. Yeah. You know, but but uh, of course we didn't have cell phones and yeah and radars and all that stuff. You know, but mm-hmm. uh, my 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 mom and dad were big lake people and yeah we uh. We well, always went to the lake. You passed the genes on because your daughter loves it. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, so do, well, so I, I loved it. I had a big time up there in my day. Uh, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't mind getting back on the lake, but I'm not going to pull a boat back and forth. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I just don't know about keeping one up there on the water. And plus two, nowadays, uh, of course, back then when we was all in the boat and when I got grown and we was in the boat and, era you know then nobody know much about uh uh what they got now buis yeah they didn't exist exist. man if if the game warners came over and you was drinking beer and you was cool with them they was cool with you checked your stuff you was good they'd say guys have a nice day yeah you know well i'm sure that at a certain point that probably wasn't really a thing Sure, that probably wasn't much of a law until a certain. Oh, point. Well, yeah, I'm sure. I, I mean, mean there's cause... there was places in the U.S. up until 19 like 85 or 87 that drinking and driving wasn't illegal. I mean, you know, so. uh, we. I mean, you didn't go to Lake unless you had one or two coolers full of beer. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, amongst other things. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, never you know, never had to worry about going to jail because she's drunk. Yeah. As long as you was cool with them, they was cool with you, you know. Well, uh, times have changed, boy. They were, you got to watch your stuff up there now. Uh, can't. I mean, just it's the same thing, uh, pretty much. Don't do not do anything stupid and don't do anything to cause a, a bunch of attention to yourself and you usually don't have any problems. Well, they sit there and watch you. And watch you, you know, they'll watch you drink, yeah. you know. And when they're sitting there watching this guy drink now, nowadays, you know, and they were sitting there and said, man, that guy's done had seven beers. We're just sitting here counting. Ooh. You know, then they come over, you know, and uh, they know you're the driver of that boat or whatnot, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not going to be a good day, you know. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I carried a guy up. Uh, well, we had a crew, and then, dude, he was a, he was a friend of a, a buddy of mine's, and he was sitting on – uh, had a ski platform, uh, you know, swim platform thing on the back of the boat. And yeah. he was sitting on there, man, he was sinking his cans. And I told him, I said, man, don't be throwing, I said, throw them things up there in the boat, man. We'll put them in the garbage bag. He kept sinking cans, kept sinking. He, he, he sunk five cans. Here come TWR. They pulled up. Hey, guys, you know, they checked everybody's boat and all that, all that stuff they do. And then, we thought we was all good, and then all of a sudden they looked at that dude, and they go, well, we got one more thing we got to address. They said, we need to talk to you. So we sat there and watched you sink five cans. Cost him, I want to think it was $105 a can. Oh. Is what it cost him. Those are the most expensive beers he ever yeah, drank. Buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, they sitting over there across the lake with a set of binoculars watching him, man, you know? Man. So, you know. Dang. It's crazy. Well, yeah. I think, <laughs> man, that's unfortunate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had a bad day, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know if a guy ever paid him or what. I don't have a clue. Yeah. You know, I, I never did. I don't think I ever saw, saw the guy again, you know, but... <laughs> Oh man, what a mess! Was it was it a good? Because um, you didn't you didn't start boating until later in later in life. But was it a good area to grow up in and like high school and stuff like that? Was it when you started driving? I know you told me some funny stories about chaining up to people bumper to bumper down there in front of Jackson Heights yeah. and pulling yeah. and in the middle of the road at night and stuff like that. And that's just. Uh, you know, do you ever do you ever feel fortunate that there wasn't cell phones and stuff back in your day? Because <laughs> you can't do stuff like that. Now. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, people that people that was born around my 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 year, give or take. You know, mm-hmm. we grew up. I, I believe, and, and you and a lot of them. I th- I believe we grew up in the best era there was to grow up in. Yeah. You know, we we went from watching. Well, we well it, I remember at one time we didn't have TV. And then I remember we got a black and white TV, mm-hmm. and then uh, we went from that to color TV. Just and, fans uh, in the windows, no AC. Yeah, fans in the window. You got one of them yeah, somewhere I down do. here. Yeah, you know. Uh, but uh, if you want to make a phone call, you stopped at a payphone, chunked you a dime in there. Yeah, you know. And most time you're calling somebody, you're calling your mom and daddy. Hey, I ain't gonna be in at ten. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be. 12 <laughs> yeah and mama go no you be home at 11 you know <laughs> okay you know there wasn't no okay i'll see what i can do yeah you better have your ass home yeah you know but yeah i mean dude we uh <clears throat> we had a place to cruise we cruised broad street from shoney's mm-hmm. down to uh jackson jackson heights and back in the day people find it's hard to believe but we could sit on the tailgate of the truck with a cooler full of beer right there and drink beer and as long as you didn't act stupid, the police would ride by and throw their hand and wave at you. Hmm. That's you know. Yeah. Uh those days are long gone. Oh long, gosh. You know. They are very long uh, gone. Uh, been pulled over a time or two, you know. Yeah. Uh can you drive home? Yes, sir. You want us to follow you home? I believe I can make it. Some people got followed home. They used to put you in the car and carry you home. Yeah. You know. Uh, Golly, that's a different time. Yeah. You know, got uh, got pulled over for drag racing. <laughs> and uh, about 1 o'clock in the morning, down Memorial. Oh, really? Uh, me and Ralph Farrell got pulled over. Uh. Ralph went one way and I went the other. <laughs> and when I seen the blue lights coming, I just pulled over on the side of the road and waited for him to get up there, you know. Yeah. And... Uh, Man, you know what she's doing? I said, yeah. I said, we didn't know what we was doing, you know, just acting stupid. Where are you going? Going home. Where you live? Right over here on the even tide. Mm-hmm. Get your ass home. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> that's a that's a lost thing now. It is, yeah, you know. Towns towns get too big, man. People don't – I mean, I'm sure you all knew a lot of the cops and stuff like that or familiar with them at least. I never know. knew none. Really? I never. I never I – knew, I, knew, I knew of them. Mm-hmm. But as far as knowing them, I didn't because I didn't know none. I didn't hang out with them, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, 
I just, uh, you know, it was just a damn thing. You know, you didn't, you know, you didn't hang out with the police, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah. But. Well, well, that sounds like an exciting, exciting time to grow up in. I, I, I can't say that I had all those luxuries, which that's funny that simpler times is more of a luxury but in some ways it was it was uh, well i'm sitting here thinking you asked me about the times of marsh bar and i'm sitting here thinking i believe at one time our only big retail store we had to go to at one time was roses oh really that was first i'm i want i'm wanting to think i believe that's right i want to think roses was the first one to come marsh bar hmm. you know and then uh I can't remember if it was like a Super Kmart or Kmart. I know Kmart, Kmart was over there on Broad. Uh, you know, uh, Walmart came in. Mm-hmm. You know, wasn't it in the mall originally, mm-mm. Stone River Mall? Mm-mm, no, Kmart was up there. Uh, Walmart. Let was. me think. There was something. I'm trying to think. There was something right there where the Nissan dealership is. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what was there. I th- I'm wanting to think that was a Walmart where the very first one came in, and then they moved up to that next strip mall up there where there's a health and fitness place is. Yeah, up there, you know, what whatever that the Mac or whatever. Yeah, it is. that's I, I'm I'm almost positive that was the next Walmart, and then after that, I believe it went out Old Fort Parkway. I oh. think, but don't hold me to that. Wow. So, uh, hmm. but I believe that's right. Uh, Dang. There's some things in my life I can remember, mm-hmm. and there's some things I can't. Yeah. And we'll uh, pretty much leave that alone. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, what? At, so, went to Oakland High School. What, um, and I'm sure you worked a bunch. I know you worked, you said you worked on a farm somewhere when you were younger and uh, worked at the co op. Um, that's that right? Yep. Uh, when I was at Oakland High School, you worked uh, for a dairy farm, didn't you? At one, yeah, but that was when I got out of school. Uh, I worked, uh, let me think here a minute. I worked for a framing crew, framing, framing houses. houses. And, uh, man, it didn't take me long. Mm. And then we, we were framing apartment buildings. Uh, all the, the apartment buildings right straight behind where the old Jackson Heights, uh, Jackson Heights, Jackson yeah. Chevrolet over on Battlefield. Uh-huh. Is that right? Battlefield? Battleground? Battle, Battleground Drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we framed about five of them buildings. Ooh. And it didn't take me long to figure out this is not what I want to <laughs> do in life. So uh, I worked at co-op. Before then, I went out and worked for Sammy Lester Milk and Cows. Yeah. Uh, and I worked for Sammy for a while. Where was his farm? Uh, Armstrong Valley Road. We milked uh, 90-something head. I, I was on the morning crew. And uh, go in in the morning, get everything up and running and everything. Milky Girls had uh, 103 KDF fired up every morning. Used to call down there <laughs> uh, to the DJ, uh, Carl P. Mayfield. Hey, man, we're down here milking these girls. Throw us some tunes, you know, and uh, he'd always say, these old boys down here in Marshburg, Tennessee, you know, milking cows, and he'd, awesome. he'd throw whatever tune on the radio, you know. And, yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, I worked on uh, worked on dairy farm for Sammy, which was a trip. Sammy Sammy was uh, an awesome 
individual. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I went to work for co-op, and that's, that's, uh, that's, I worked there. That's where I learned how to drive a truck. Okay. okay. And that's, that that's where sense. the trucking stuff came in. And, and uh, I worked for the Thornberries at one time. Learned how to, that's where I learned how to run uh, bulldozers and backhoes. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, that stuff. I didn't run it all the time, but I did run, run it some, you know. Um, they put me hauling dirt, and I was running on a track loader. Mm-hmm. Hauling, hauling dirt and whatnot, and uh, well, that's where I broke my teeth on truck driving and driving. doing that kind of stuff. And dump truck, you know, I was always, you know, I used my back to make my living. Boy, was I stupid. Yeah, you know. So, uh, well, but you can't tell nobody nothing when they're young. No, you can't. You know, but uh, so, and then from there you went on to doing a more career of driving for usa today and stuff like that yeah yeah well i drove concrete trucks i drove dump trucks mm-hmm. uh, then i got on usa day drove trucks for them worked in the worked in the factory drove trucks for them you know and yeah 17 years later uh i think they'd had enough of me and i'd had enough of them and i stepped out the door and uh, when i stepped out that door i've been in a truck ever since until 2013 when i retired yeah so what uh i know you lived a lot of life in between them i don't want to skip over it but for time's sake we will but um retiring from trucking um what made you want to get into the bush hogging business well i retired and i sat home for a year and a half with nothing to do yeah everybody's gone to work there's nobody to go do anything with Mm mm-hmm and uh so you know i'm like man i gotta find something to do yeah and i don't know um i mean there i just i know you can do a lot of things i mean you could have bought a dump truck you could uh and i know you said you're tired of driving um but i mean there's a there's a lot of stuff you could have i guess potentially done and i and i knew you at this time and uh i like bush hogging too i like cutting grass and so you think it was a – are you glad that's what you kind of dove into or in in your retirement, uh, you know, your beer money job? Yeah. I, <laughs> that's what I, I mean, always say. I mean, you know, um, I just I just got tired of sitting at home and, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I had several people, you know, want me to come drive a dump truck, you know, and I'm like, man, I won't get in a truck no more. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm done. I'm done with that. And – that was when, you know, 2012, when I stepped out, traffic wasn't quite as bad, but it was starting. Oh, it was getting there. It was starting to pick up, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I called uh, I called Philip Vault. Philip was bush hogging. Mm-hmm. And I called Philip, and I'm like, hey, I need something to do for about two days a week. I said, you know, can you? throw me in a tractor and I'll bush hog for you. Mm-hmm. And he said, nope. He said, I've got two guys already working. He said, Jeff, he said, the the, the work is there. He said, go buy your stuff. He said, and I'll, I'll help you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, throw me, you know, throw me some business. And he did. And, uh, man, once I once I got my name out there, it just kind of started snowballing. Yeah. Well, know? you did a good job initially at advertising. Uh, I think you put some money in your signs and your – facebook stuff and uh 
I mean, I, pretty much everybody in the last Cassis area knows what Pate's bush hogging is. And do you think a, but you, do you think a big part of the reason why you like doing it is because you get to go out here on different farms and different, uh, you know, you kind of out in nature. You get to, you know, you're not on the road. You're out in a field and around the woods and seeing wildlife and stuff. Do you, do you like a big part of that? I, I, I don't like it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I go unload and I get back. I get back on these places and don't nobody know I've, I'm even back there mm-hmm. on, on some of these places. You know, you can't see the road. You can't see the house. You know, uh, people don't know you're back there. And then you're looking at this stuff, and, you know, a lot of this stuff we go mow is way, anywhere from waist high to chest high. Mm-hmm. Nasty, nasty stuff. You don't know what's laying out there. But you get done mowing, and you see from what it was to what it is now. Mm-hmm. Instant gratification. You know, and I can ride around. I don't have to worry about nobody running over me. Mm-hmm. You know, except for when I go tag team with Guy Matthews, you know. <laughs> well, that's the Bush Hog Mafia, <laughs> but completely but yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I like it. I like going to these different farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, see a lot of cool, a lot of cool pla- uh, places. See, yeah. see, you know, wildlife all the time. You know, uh, man. If I see a turtle, I'll go around that turtle, mm-hmm. and then on my next swipe he's done moved over here so i'll cut i'll i'll swear back and cut what i ain't gonna run over a turtle yeah. intentionally you know yeah that guy ain't doing nothing he's living his life you know mm-hmm. but uh you yeah. see you see all kinds of all kinds of critters you know and and whatnot and i don't know i i, I like it um i don't know i would i would i would enjoy a big part of that too that it just seems uh, probably very peaceful in a way. It is. And you plus, know. you got a nice enclosed tractor. You can talk on the phone or listen to music. And uh, it's not, I'm sure there's a little bit of labor in there, but it's not too, too labor intensive, you know? No, no. The uh, biggest thing gets me with you go to these people, they got these nice farms and big, you know, 400, half a million dollar house or whatever, but their gates suck. Mm-hmm. They drag the ground. You got to open this gate. And they drag the ground. You know. Well, they don't know how to fix a gate. That's one thing that just chaps my ass. <laughs> is a gate that will not open. You, you were complaining pick it up and move it. You were complaining about this like a month ago. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but if yeah. you got that kind of money, fix your gates. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yep. But yep. Uh, I fixed mine yesterday. <laughs> but you know. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. I think it's turned out well. I think you're pretty well known in the last Cassis area for bush hogging and you and guy have done a lot so we it's, it's a big benefit to the community and helps y'all out and i like it we tag team a lot we get along good you know and uh uh you know i have i have people say well man won't you go mow that by yourself you know and i'm like well i can go with him and we can get it done in a day mm-hmm. where it would take me two days you know, or possibly three days, and uh, you know, I'm like, you know, he may, you know, he needs something to do, and he can use the money just as well as I, you know, I can use the money. So, mm-hmm. you know, and we have a good time. You know, yeah, we go, we go and mow, and and have a good time doing it. And 
Yeah. And uh, main thing is we get along. We get along good, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'll but, uh, uh, I'll I'll make sure I do an ad for Pate's Bush Hogan before this episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> get you yeah, some money. Yeah. Yeah. I need I need some. I'm, I've got I bought two trucks. They're sitting in the driveway. Yeah. Somebody come buy one. Hey, I'm yeah. Hey, I may sell both of them. Okay. So <laughs> what year's that truck? <laughs> I got a I got a an old eight. And if the price is right, I got old. I got a fifteen model. So <laughs> yeah, you know, pretty much we but got a, truck, a couple trucks for sale. Papa needs a needs a bigger tractor so Sonny Sonny can jump in and ride. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, she loves that tractor. That's uh, that's that's gonna be coming down the pike here. Yeah, here in a little bit. But you know, I don't have my own farm, uh, and that's another reason why I like doing it. You know, because mm. I don't have my own place that I can I can take care of. Uh, hopefully we can change that one of these days, but mm -hmm. the way everything prices are, man, yeah. it's just, you know, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I know me and you have talked about this probably a bunch of times, but if you hit the mega, the mega money, we'll say, uh, we'll say a smooth 400 million would do it. Hit the mm. big, hit the big ticket. Mm. What would your, because uh, I know you wouldn't sit around and do nothing, because I know you. So what would your dreams job be, or, or something that you would be involved with? Mm. I know, I know you've talked about. Uh, I've got it. Uh, yeah. I, I, it. It would definitely deal with uh, hunting, um, buy a place. I'm not exactly sure exactly where. Mm -hmm. um I've, I've got three places in mind um tennessee alabama and new mexico mm. um but i'd like to have a place big enough and get um uh have a place fixed up and where you can bring uh disabled kids or not just disabled kids but but disabled anybody's veterans veterans yes you know to where they could get out enjoy it outdoors uh have opportunity to harvest a an animal mm -hmm. um you know hunting is not always about going out and and, and uh harvesting an animal it's about enjoying that experience mm -hmm. that you're sitting there looking at them you know uh just just to harvest one that's the icing on the cake Mm. But that would be, that would be my thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it make me feel like I'm giving back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been fortunate to hunt for probably forty years, maybe a little bit better than forty years, mm -hmm. uh, where a lot of people can't. Yeah, you know, and that that would be my that would be my my big my big thing. You know. Yeah, uh, well, that's awesome. I don't think. Next to yet would probably have a somewhere in a you know twenty million thirty million dollar yacht sitting down in Naples somewhere you know oh, hell yeah that's so what I'm uh, about. you know Getting when you walk way. when you step on the boat somebody's <laughs> handing you an ice cold beer yeah you know we ain't drinking no damn wine and champagne we're Dude. drinking cold beer yeah no Bud Light <laughs> yeah but no. Uh, you know, I can't see myself sitting on a, a, a big yacht, but it sounds good anyway. Well, maybe, you know, a couple but, of times a year, you know, 
by uh, going on vacation, get, yeah, out, get off the deer ranch every yeah, now and again. Rent one or something like that, maybe. You know, <laughs> but but no, that would that would be my number one deal. You know, is uh, and I've always thought about kids. You know, disabled kids. But you know, I, I watch I watch hunting shows where you know you got you got veterans that you know, yeah. and you got adults that that are disabled. You know, that that don't have a place to hunt. Nobody to take them. Mm-hmm. You know, and whatnot. So. Well, I think a, I think that would be cool. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be a, that's a that's a cool deal right there, man. Not most people think like that. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people would have a lot of different ideas, and it's kind of cool that your dream job is to essentially help people and give them an opportunity to do something that they normally wouldn't be able to do. So I like to have a lot of land mm-hmm. and a small house. Yeah. And a big ass shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> right now I'm stuck with a small house and small shop, not a lot of land. So well, hopefully we'll get Hey, there. you got a shop, I ain't. <laughs> so <laughs> I got a bunch of stuff that needs being a shop. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of hunting, I can't let you go without uh, uh running through, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take me a quick pee break well, real you quick. You go right ahead. But I wanted to, I've never, I don't think I've ever asked you how you got your start in hunting or what, what initially got you interested in it, doing it at all. Oh, Lord. Uh, hmm. Well, my dad fished me to death when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, every time he was going fishing, uh, I had to go. And, uh, uh, and I mean, we fished, we fished, and... So, I had a guy I went to school with, and he was like, man, let's go deer hunting. And matter of fact, I didn't have a gun. He had a 30-30 he let me use. And we went in one of the fields over here on Herschel Hudson. He knew somebody right before you get to Braybender's house on the right. That was my first experience going deer hunting. Oh, that big field in the corner? It's before you get to Bray Benders on the right. There, and there used to be, best I remember, right across the street right there, there was a log, an old log house right there. The Browns own that now. Yeah, the Browns. Uh, no. Probably uh, no, Stan. It was on Stan's place. Oh. Uh, okay. But anyway, that was my first uh, take on going deer hunting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, man, this is this this okay, you know, blah blah. So, uh, I bought uh, I bought my first gun, uh, Savage 110E, wooden stock, kicked the living shit out of it. Thirty all six. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, bought me a muzzleloader, and uh, had a place to deer hunt. Back up on Coleman Hill Road, uh, which man, the man owned property that my mama was born and raised on. Hmm. Uh, my granddaddy owned the property at one time way back when, and it backs up to Bill Rice Ranch back up in there. Hmm. And uh, that's where I started hunting. I hunted seven years before I ever killed my first deer. Dang. Uh, Did you pass up a lot? I passed up quite a bit. Uh, of course, you know, I was I was trying to horn hunt and uh, passed up passed up a lot of deer and finally killed one. He he wasn't much to him. I think a six pointer maybe 
maybe mm -hmm. a seven, small, full of course back then we didn't have big deer here. If you killed a, a, a if you killed a decent eight pointer today, mm -hmm. back then, that was a massive deer. Really? Okay. They you know, big deer just didn't exist. What why why do you think that is? Because you would you would almost think it did did more people hunt back then? Is that more what it, more people hunted back then because people were you know they they were meat hunting. Uh, plus two, you could kill. Let me think here a minute. You could kill. You could kill four bucks with a bow. Oh, two with a muzzle loader, and four bucks with a rifle. So you kill ten bucks a year. It, yeah, but for some reason I've got a number sticking in my mind that says twelve, but I don't know. I know we could only kill two with muzzleloader. Four, I believe that's right. Ten, ten a year. Well, I'm sure there was juvenile hunts and stuff like that. Too. I don't think back then to have juvenile hunts. Really? Uh, I don't believe it did. Dang, that's but a the lot. deer. The deer couldn't grow. I mean, mm. people were just waylaying the hell out of them, you know. The deer, deer couldn't grow. Well, that's interesting, didn't you? But I know you've told me in the past that you feel like the herds of deer were bigger in the past, too. Well, deer, the herd was, um, at at one time, the place that I hunted at, uh, Mr. Wayne Dodd had an alfalfa field, and uh, this is before Kalen come along, me and Christy, I had one in big ass camcorders. I've seen the videos. And we'd go down Mr. Wayne's in the afternoon before deer season, before he'd ever cut his alfalfa. And I remember we counted 70 something deer in his alfalfa feeding, and 30 something of them were bucks. Dang. That's crazy. Wow. But that was, a, that was an everyday thing huh. down there until he, when he cut that alfalfa, they was gone. Do you they, think, but do you think a lot of that, is due to uh, the county now is so much more populated than it used to be that maybe the herds of deer have just, they're broken up. They're not as, because uh, there's houses here, there's houses there. There's not as much just empty land and wilderness as there used to be. Well, I don't, I don't know. Um, you can go to certain areas. And still count big big numbers of deer. Mm. Uh, you go over here at 840. Uh, Ernie Brown, he row crops over there, and they've counted as many as a hundred. Wow! In you know, in in one field, you know. Um, Just depends, I guess. Yeah, you know, and I mean, you know, not not everywhere in Rutherford County people are row cropping, but mm -hmm. there there is a lot of row cropping going on, you know. And uh, and that that really helps. It's helped the herd, uh, and it and it's uh, you know, TWRA has come in and cut our bucks down to two bucks a year, mm -hmm. which I'm I'm good with that. I don't want them to change nothing. I wish they'd leave it like it is. I hope they do. You know. Um, what do you think about? Uh, have you seen where people have been complaining about don't let TWRA kill your deer and all that? <clears throat> I've seen it. I've not sat and read much about it, so I don't really know what's going on much about that, you know. Um, the little bit I've read about it, people 
farmers and people that are landowners have been getting contacted by the TWRA saying, hey, we've seen chronic wasting disease in your area and we would like to come on your property and kill some of the deer off. But apparently a bunch of people are saying that um, that ain't the case. Well, you know, I... I don't know a lot about that that uh, wasting disease. You know, TWRA claims, and that's why they won't let people pour, which they do, pour corn out on the ground, you know, hunt over bait, because mm-hmm. they say that's where they transmit the disease. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's right. Uh, yeah, like two deer eating out of the same corn pile, they're swapping saliva. Right. I don't, you know, I really, I don't, I don't think that's right. I don't. You know, I mean, because when a deer goes to a pond, they're sitting there right next to each other drinking out of that pond, okay? So to me, they can still trans- transmit if they're right next to each other. And I'm, I've seen them drink out of ponds standing shoulder to shoulder, you know? I've seen, them, I've seen them come through a wheat field or a clover field, and they're eating right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And sometimes this deer may move over here, and this deer moves where this one has been eaten. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference? Not to mention they bed down together. They do all well, kinds of stuff. You know, but I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I don't know about that disease and how it gets transferred, you know. Well, that's how, that's, I mean, what I've read, that's how they say it gets transferred. Uh, apparently, I don't know, apparently a lot of people are having a lot of issues with the the Tennessee TWRA right now. Apparently, they're. I've just read some stuff where that whole department's running wild and they're kind of doing what they want to do. And uh, I know they've had to reel a couple of things in. I know they can't just uh, walk on your property anymore without permission for no reason, uh, like they used to could. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> and you know I'm on the fence on on hunting over bait. Uh, it's really not no different than putting a food plot in. Mm-hmm. You know, you're attracting wildlife. That's what you're doing. All at the end, at the end, you're attracting wildlife. But I'm still on the fence on that. I don't hunt over bait as far as corn or, or you know, something like that. I do put food plots in. Mm-hmm. I enjoy going out and putting food plots in. I, I, yeah. I like it. I like. You know, you come and help me some, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, during we're, we're doing this, we always stop and have a cold beer. And when we're done, we'll have a cold beer. And it's being around people that you want to be around, enjoying doing something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoy putting, putting food plots in. You know? Well, it's also like a lead up to deer season you know it kind of gets you going on it and it gives you something to get excited about you know well watch your food plot come in then it's you go out there one day after a big rain and it's daggum green as a gourd you're like oh god you know you you go buy your stuff you work your ground buy Mm -hmm. your stuff or you no-till it in the ground but you still put fertilizer on it you know uh and there's their satisfaction just like i said in bush hogging a few minutes ago Mm -hmm. hey you know, in about two, three weeks, you come back and look at that, and it's done popped up out of the ground about an inch and a half, two inches high, and you're like, I did that. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I did that. That's satisfaction for 
me, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of that, I know you've killed uh, a lot of good deer, in my opinion. Your trophy trophy room is uh, probably a lot better than mine will ever be, but um, do you think you got, out of all the big deer you killed, do you think you got just as much satisfaction out of watching your girls shoot deer too? Oh, Lord, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I didn't force deer hunting on them. It's something they took up because, you know, back in the day when they were small, we'd, we would go up to the farm up there mm-hmm. uh, and uh, shoot guns. It's something they wanted to do, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, they enjoyed going up, riding four-wheelers, and then we'd shoot guns and whatnot, and then they just, they just hey, you know, I want to hunt, you know, mm-hmm. and... Uh, so I, I've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of watching them hunt. And uh, one, one of, he wasn't the biggest, but he's, he, by George, very, very nice. I want to think he was a 12 over at Walter Hill one year. And uh, we seen the deer earlier that morning trailing a doe. Me and Caden was hunting. And uh, so anyway, we seen him later on in the day or in the morning. And uh, I told Kato, and I said, come on. I said, You're gonna, we're going to shoot this deer. You're going to shoot this deer. And we got up on him, and I went to hand her the gun, and she said, uh-uh. She said, you shoot him. I said, I ain't going to shoot that deer, Kato. And I said, you shoot that deer. And we sat there and kind of had a little back and forth for a minute, you know. And I said, <laughs> I you're going to shoot this deer, you know, which she shot and missed the deer, which ain't no big deal. But he was he was a very very nice deer. I'm wanting to think he was a twelve pointer, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful beautiful rack, you know. And uh, Kalen's always told me I've always hunted, I've always hunted by myself, mm-hmm. and 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 until I went hunting with the girls, mm-hmm. and uh, she's always like, nobody's never been with you when you killed a deer, and I'm no. And she said, well, I want to be with you when you kill a deer. But yet, I'm handing her the gun, going here, shoot this deer, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so yeah. far, there's nobody never been with me. Whenever I've killed a deer, I've always yeah. done it by myself. You well, know. But well, you're probably not making a lot of phone calls when you get up to go in the morning for people to go with you. So. Well, I experienced that, and that's why I hunted by myself. So, <laughs> you know, and back then we didn't have cell phones. Yeah. You know, uh, man, they would say, "Hey, I'll be up. You swing by." Ain't a light on in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, you bang on the damn window. And <laughs> they they open the damn shade on the window and go, I ain't going today, man. Yeah. You know, well, it took me one time. Yeah. And that was it. I was done. Yeah. So I got in the truck. No took, more invites. T- took my happy ass up here to Woodbury up there and, and hunted. And and uh, and I hunted on a, on a boy, Tommy Bush. I don't know a whole lot of people that know him or not uh great friend uh 260 acre farm up there they let me hunt that farm for 29 years i hunted that farm wow and never would let nobody else hunt it uh until their their grandkids start started getting of age to hunt and Mm -hmm. it was time for me to pull my stuff out matter of fact you went with me up there to get my stands out of the out of the place and i'll never forget and, the uh, uh no hard feelings you know i was blessed for 29 years to hunt their priest property and i my hat's off to them for letting me have it all them years mm-hmm. so 
good time to bow out. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I'll yeah, never I'll... forget when I when I went up there with you. Uh, we when we took that deer stand down, the back. Uh, I don't know what you call that. The spike plate that goes against the tree was grown into the tree. Yep. Yep. And uh, I remember looking at it because. I said, well, what do you want to do about that? And you said, just leave it. <laughs> I said, all right. Well, he wasn't coming out. Not unless you cut the, cut <laughs> no, the tree. No, know? but uh, no, I, that was because uh, I remember being like, how long have you been hunting here? And you're like, I've been hunting here for 30-something years. And I was like, golly, the tree literally grew around. Yeah, the, oh, yeah. And you said, yeah, I've replaced yeah. the ratchet straps a couple of times, but. I ain't it. I put it up and I ain't never took it back down. I was like, golly. Well, man. I had to do the same thing over at Walter Hill. Uh, McFarland's boy James, he was wanting a two man ladder stand, and mm-hmm. that's one that me and me and Christy and Kalen had hunted out of for several years. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, I told him, I said, if you'll come help me take that stand down, I said, you can carry it over at your granddaddy's and uh, you can you can use it with he'll probably wind up just keeping the damn thing but ain't no big deal and he come over there and there was there was one of the one of the v's we had to leave it had to leave it in the tree yeah you know so yeah it's kind of cool uh, that's pretty neat yeah so what so i know for a long time when i first met you you were still um you were still hunting out of tree stands pretty much uh i know you you built a shooting house up there <clears throat> on Penny's place for a long time, but I think I feel like the majority of the hunting you were still doing, unless it was extremely cold, it were still tree stands. So, <clears throat> well, how do you feel about uh, the difference in the two? Do you think one of them's better? Uh, obviously, I know one of them's more comfortable, but uh, do you think you have better odds in a tree stand, or wh- what do you what do you think the difference in the two is? Or it just it is what it is, and well, you know, for years I hunted out of out of uh, climbing stands, mm-hmm. uh, hunted out of them for a long time, and I, and I still got my climbing stands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, you know went to ladder stands when the girls wanted to start hunting, uh, and then you know when they really just you know they was in that's when I built first shooting house because it gives them something you know that you put a heater in there mm-hmm. and they ain't sitting out in freezing cold yeah better for kids you know it is a lot better plus i have set out on the side of a tree in a climbing stand 25 foot up in the pouring rain and sat there hmm. and of course had right gear on never got wet my cover, my coveralls got wet, but I, my body, I, my clothes never got wet, cause you know I had some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I don't, I don't know. The only thing with shooting houses is, is uh, you know, you can hunt more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can hunt longer. Yeah. Um, you know, at my true. at my age, you know, even even you know if. Even if I lost 60 pounds, I'm not going to be sitting in a climbing stand in the rain 
mm-hmm. at at uh, sixty three years old. Yeah. Not when I'm sitting at shooting house over there, and it's about seventy five, <laughs> and it's raining, and I'm sit there and play on my telephone. Yeah. You know. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it's <laughs> it's all in preference, and as you get older, you can't do the things you used to do. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, um, you spoiled me young. I'm all into the shooting house. <laughs> I'm like. I look at ladder stands now, and I'm like, no, uh, no. I like sitting in the indoors, well, looking out. I'm good. Uh, but the only thing that I feel like you are a little bit, if there's one knock on shooting houses, you, I'm not saying you're completely limited to fields, but you got to hunt more open areas if you're going to be in a shooting house. Well, uh, it just depends, Staley. I mean, you, you know, if, if you want to put a shooting house somewhere, by George, you can put it there. Yeah, you can I don't cut, care where it's at. You can if cut you, a trail. If you want to do it, you can do it. And that's know. true. The the shooting house up there in the food plot, even though we don't use it right now, but, uh, I mean, it's pretty wooded. It's not – it ain't no field. So. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, e- it's easy to do one on the edge of a field. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but we're – you know, for me, I like putting in food plots, so I like hunting over my food plots. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that's where you put your where you put your shooting house, you know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah uh, man. If a man wanted one, and you've been on Tommy Bush's place, you've mm-hmm. been back there with me on that place, mm-hmm. dude. That's some of that back in there. It's rough. Yeah. You could put a you could put a shooting house back up in there if you wanted to. If you wanted to, you yeah. Could. You know, you and about three or four buddies and about two cases of beer, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And a good was, and a real good Kubota tractor. Yeah. Well, that shooting house, that ladder stand that we got out of there, there was a couple of spots going up there that it was a little rough on the four wheeler. It, it was sketchy. Yeah, it was sketchy. You know, had a waterfall over here. You uh-huh. know, uh, probably fell. I don't know uh-huh. that down in that bottom down there. I'd say probably a good fifteen, eighteen feet. You I, know, I remember running up through there and being like. Dang, he used to come up here at 4 o'clock in the morning you for damn, a sun You damn skimpy idea. Like, this is a little know. bit rough right here. Shit. Wasn't nothing to, <laughs> back in the day, man, it wasn't nothing to it, you know. Yeah. I rode a Honda I rode a Honda 300 two-wheel drive. Yeah. Up at, up the mm. well, time I leave my truck to the time I get up back in there, it took me about 20 minutes. Mm. Yeah. Riding, you know. Yeah, I go then, back up there right around. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if a man could. I don't know if a man could get back up in there that, right now because of the grown up. Probably the water has washed out ruts. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, man, it was a it was an awesome place to hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, but we're losing our places to hunt around here. It's getting getting tougher every year. Well, to find a place to hunt. Yeah. And, uh, anybody out there listening? Well, hey, I'm 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 uh, I've been dragging my feet on this. I keep saying I'm going to throw it out there, but you know we may trade out some bush hogging work for a place to hunt. Yeah, you know, so because yeah. it's uh, it's getting it's getting tough, getting mm-hmm. hard to find. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's just I don't think people are as uh, open to letting people come and hunt as with that. I just don't think people back years ago just guns in general were more accepted and more commonplace than what they are now so i just feel like uh 
people were more open to letting people just come and hunt their property back in the day. I think now people get a little spooked. Well, it's, uh, you know, you got so many people moving in, and they're my pets. Yeah. You know, and plus two, it's a big, big liability to let people on your place. Mm-hmm. You know, the way people want to sue folks nowadays, you know, hey, I fell on your damn place and broke my arm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, sad to say, that shit happens. Okay, yeah. and that's, that's what spooks a lot of folks, you know, uh, about trying to find a place. But the biggest part of it is, uh, man, them deer, my wife would come unglued. You shot one of her pets. <laughs> You know, well, let me tell you what, Hoss, when that deer goes on the other side of that fence over there, it ain't nobody's pet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. These deer are not pets, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, they're God's creatures. Yeah. And they're put on this earth for one thing, one thing only, and that's to eat. Mm-hmm. You know. So, yeah. And I I, agree. That's, that's the way I think anyway. Yeah, you no, know? I agree. I mean, you and know. And I love looking at them, too. Oh, I love them. I love watching them. You uh, know, I mean, I stop in the middle of the road, yeah. look at them all the time. You know, yeah. I, I love looking at them. I've uh, I've run over, uh, sad to say, I've run over some with bush hog. It's not a good feeling. It'll, yeah. it'll ruin your day. I tell you, it will. You mm-hmm. know, because they they'll they'll lay there. They won't get up. Yeah. You know, uh, it's but that's just that you know that's just part of life. Yeah. You know, uh, stuff happens. Well. It does, and I'm sure the couple of deer you've killed bush hogging is hardly nothing compared to big row cropping and stuff like that that goes on at certain parts of the country. I think so far I, uh, I've been I've been lucky. I think I've I've run over four, um, and mm-hmm. I've been I've been very very lucky on that. And if I see if I see the weeds moving, mm-hmm. then I will turn and drive around that right there because i know that's what's laying there and i'll call the people and go hey you're gonna have a place out here that i've i've mowed around because i had a phone laying in it because i know that's what it is mm-hmm. and everybody has been that's great cool Just, you know cool with it you know yeah blah, blah, so that's good you know uh, well good deal but well i know uh go get you go get you a beer Grab me one too. Oh, now we're running over your time limit. Oh, how much is it? <laughs> you don't want to know. What? Been talking for an hour and twenty. Oh Lord! <laughs> you oh. said thirty minutes in and out. I yeah. said okay. <laughs> it don't seem like it. It don't ever long. happen like that. Every time, uh, every time I do a a podcast, everybody always thinks this. They're like, "How long have we been talking, man?" I'm like, two hours." I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, we wrap it up here. I got a couple of things that uh, I wanted to get to before we got off the microphone. And uh, I don't know if you're a uh, you're a first time caller, but maybe not a first time listener. But. But I was going to do the hitters of the week, and I I, uh, I picked songs that I thought you would like. So, to end this, 
The first hitter of the week is Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. Good man right there. Grew up grew up listening to that. Yeah. So uh I don't even think I knew of that song until I met you and then uh uh you jammed it sometimes on your razor and uh excellent open guitar solo oh, on that Lord, song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of one of the best. Ted Nugent, he's a big outdoorsman. Uh coming in at number two. We got 59 Cadillac, 57 Chevy by David Allen Coe. Yep. I figured yep. you'd like that song. Yep. Uh, coming in at number three, which I know you're big on him, uh, and he's since passed away, but Long-Haired Country Boy by Charlie Daniels. Yes, sir. Yep. I know your big Charlie Daniels man went down there to his funeral procession, didn't you? Yep, yep. And uh, flew the flag. Yep. Yep, wasn't an American flag, neither. Nope, it was Old Rebel. That's right, that's right. uh, Coming in at number four, there's no way I could have left it out, Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. That's exactly right. (laughs) Yes. So I picked those four songs out. I thought that they... uh, You know, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I just, I thought they were in line with your personality and the stuff you like, so... Well, you know where the Paradise City comes from? (laughs) I don't believe I've ever told nobody this. I'm not a saint, but I do believe in the big man upstairs. Mm-hmm. I try to do right. I do believe they will. I, I may be in the basement, but I do believe <laughs> I will be there. Yeah. But there ain't going to be no other place better than yeah. Paradise City. I agree. I agree. That's a, that's a good way to look at it, you know. Um and I'm I'm there with you. I think there won't be no better place. And to end us, uh, I always do a quote of the day <clears throat> on my episodes. And I pulled a quote from you. And this is something that you've told me several times through the years uh, in conversation. And it's very true. And it's, uh, things are always changing. Uh, you've told me that just with relationships, uh, the country, society, your town, um, pretty much everything. Things are always changing. Just when you think you get used to something, uh, it usually changes. Yeah, you know, you go through life, and I don't care, you know, from the time you're born to the time you die, Mm -hmm. something about you is changing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, hopefully for the better. Well, yeah, hopefully, you know, uh, and then, uh, you know, everything just changes, you mm-hmm. know, so it's very true since, I mean, when I started dating Kaylin and met you thinking back on that, God, I was an idiot, uh, and going, you know, fast forward in 10 years, look, think about how much. Uh, probably more than 10 years, really. Um, I think about how much has changed in that time, and it's just astonishing. Got a youngin' now, and uh, you're a papaw now, and just all kinds of stuff, and things are always changing, so. Yep, yep, you know. uh, And on that note, um, I don't believe Kaylin could do any better. Uh, 
picking a man to be with. Uh, I love you to death. Yeah, I love you too. Uh, I just don't think she could. I I know she could. I know she couldn't have done no better. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, now that uh, you know, God has blessed y'all, but He's blessed everybody that's connected to y'all family-wise with Sonny. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything is changing. Yep. You know, she's every day she's changing. Mm-hmm. You know, there you go. That that circle or that ball is rolling. Mm-hmm. You know. So uh, I know you always tell me because I'm like, man, she's getting big. You know, just wait before you know it. She'll be pulling out of the driveway <laughs> in a truck. Well, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, God. yeah. I mean, you know, it uh, enjoy it, en- enjoy these days because yeah. man, they they go by they go by real quick. You know. Yeah. Uh, back when when Kaylin was was growing up, I really never thought about Kaylin, you know, being a mom. Never mm. that just never popped in my brain for for some reason. And uh, when Kaylin and, and Christy when they started driving vehicles, man, they'd leave the house. I didn't worry about them. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't worry about them. Today, I'd be a nervous wreck. Yeah, you know, my kid leaving the house, going to drive in town. Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah, you know, but yeah, yeah, she uh, she couldn't have done she couldn't have done no better, and uh, well, you know, it ain't all one sided. I fell into a good situation uh, too. So, well, she is. She's she's uh she's she's you know part of my my partly my daughter and Penny's, and yeah. uh, you know she's uh she's she's a good person. Well, you know, uh, me a- me and Penny were very very blessed to have. Uh, two two great uh, kids, mm-hmm. you know, daughters. We yeah. were very very blessed. So. Well, they didn't just pop out like that, Jeff. Y'all were the ones that made them like that. Well, and I know I, that's not, you know, people don't. It's it's not as easy to see it that way when you're the one that's responsible for it. But it's true. Uh, you know, they wanted to hunt when they were kids and stuff like that because they wanted to spend time with you. And they wanted to do this and do that because they wanted to. So, you know, y'all raised your daughters to be who they are today. They're not, you know, kids don't just pop out like that. So I know it's not, uh, you don't want to take all the credit for everything, but. Well, they didn't, you know, they, they, uh, they didn't get spoiled, but I'm going to tell you, Ash, right now. Yeah. I'm going to spoil Sonny. (laughs) So get ready. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, uh. <laughs> with that being said, thanks for coming on the Hitters Only podcast. Oh, yeah. Appreciate, <laughs> All right. appreciate being here. Thank All you. Right. So, bye. All right, everybody. Thank you all for listening again. If you want to follow me on social media, look me up on Instagram or Facebook at the Hitters Only podcast. I uh, post all pictures of my guest and uh, content and fun stuff if you want to follow along like that. And like always, if you want to listen to any of the music that I ever talk about, that you can find that on Apple Music. Just search Staley Haynes, and uh, you'll see my Hitters Only logo pop up, and you can play all my jams that I like to talk about. But uh, thank you again for everybody for listening. If you'd like to be a sponsor of the podcast, please message me on um, any of my social media platforms. Call me if you got my number, or you can email me at staley at hittersonlypodcast.com and, uh, with any questions. And if you'd also like to be a guest, come on in here. 
just hit me up on any of my platforms and we'll make it happen. And without further ado, I will uh, let y'all go with uh, Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. <laughs>